It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Can I rant for a sec? I'm used to that, so go ahead. Pay apps are way too public. (laughs) What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people could see my entire history, who I'm paying, like their full names. It's super weird. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. Okay, then how are you paying people? What are you doing? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me, he does every Friday from TheRinger.com, is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Characters, Kevin O'Bruno! How are you doing back in Memphis after our wonderful night in Los Angeles? That was so fun. Yeah, I'm doing great. So we're recording this after I was just in the arena for the Grizzlies and the Warriors. But before we get to that, we do need to talk about earlier this week because it's the first show that we have done since the live show. Uh, For those of you that listened to the live show, it went well. I don't think either of us had any idea what to expect. We're certainly appreciative of everybody that came out, got to see people that I don't see very often. and between Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy and Tate Frazier, our guest, and then everybody that put everything together, um, honestly, it exceeded all of my expectations. Uh, the theater was beautiful, and the crowd was great. And Shout out to know, Wyatt coming on stage. One of the only yeah. people raising their hands to do the Kevin O intro. <laughs> That's right. Wyatt gave it, his, gave it his all. And um, shout out to the guy who, you know, got a little bit too lit or something. I don't know. And Yeah. Uh, for, so a guy he heard he's doing okay. Out. Yeah. Heard yeah. he's doing okay. A guy passed out. Yeah. Passed out at the show. Yeah. Somebody told me that 
he was so overwhelmed with my amazing takes that he just passed out. Yeah, not. Quite I don't know like if that's a, true. It's not a Travis Scott situation. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the show did keep going on, and no, I will tell you, I did going. text KOC afterwards. I was like, "Hey, that guy was he? He was okay, right?" Yeah, yeah. I was told. I was told after the show that he was okay, sitting out front, um, and all was fine. What we're trying to say, folks, is these these live podcasts are lit, lit. You no, never I know. Al- I almost passed out at a show once. Like, like my eyes just kind of like glazed over. Like it was at the Boy Genius show. Uh, Boy Genius is like a was like a super band. Like, oh, it is a super band a couple of years ago, and like I just kind of I don't know. It's weird. Dehydrated. You just got overwhelmed. Water. I don't know. It's the only time that's ever happened in my life. But I was okay. and now I stayed standing. And now that guy, he's telling the story about, man, one time I went to the mismatch. <laughs> a live basketball podcast. I went to the, I went to this. yelling out Okogie and Austin Reeves MVP. It was I just went so to much. this live mismatch taping and man, next thing I know, I'm on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen in Memphis in, a, in a, what is it, 10 days, 11 days now? March right. 21st in Memphis over 85% sold on tickets. So if you want to come, you better buy soon. Get your tickets. Uh, there'll be a ton of people there. It's at the New Daisy Theater on Beale Street in Memphis. And so that is March 21st. As Kevin said, if you don't have your tickets yet, make sure you go ahead and get those. But thanks to everybody. Uh, Elizabeth Fearman, who helped us put the whole thing together and make it She's all work. Amazing. And, the live Incredible. show was great, and and most of all, thank you to all the listeners that bought tickets, came out, and were an unbelievable crowd. The link for the Memphis show is going to be with the podcast, so if you're listening to this, you'll be able to access that link rather easily. Yep, absolutely. Like just scroll down to the show notes, and the link will be down there for the Memphis show if you want to get tickets. So as we are recording this, as I mentioned, I just went to a basketball game. I went to go watch the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. Now, this one had a better lead-up than many regular season games because the day before this game, Draymond Green dropped a podcast where he eviscerated Dylan Brooks. He called him a dumbass. He called him a clown. He called him all manner of things. And so as (laughs) as if the matchup between the two needed more intensity given what has taken place over the course of the last couple of years. The Grizzlies knocking them out of the play-in a few years ago to get into the playoffs. Then last year, uh, the Grizzlies losing in six games to the Warriors on their way to a title. And then you've had this war of words kind of back and forth. Christmas Day earlier this year, shorthanded Warriors team humiliates the Grizzlies. And so fast forward, now you have Draymond putting out this podcast, eviscerating Dylan Brooks, who at first said something about him and how much he didn't like him and how if he didn't play for the Warriors, he wouldn't be a big deal um, in an ESPN article that came out a couple of weeks ago. But great timing, uh, super media savvy for Draymond, dropping that right before the game. And so uh, tonight's game, which was a TNT game, I didn't know really what to expect. There'd been a bunch of, Horrendous news for the Grizzlies over the course of the last week. They lost John Morant, as you know. Then news came out yesterday that he was going to be out at least four more games um, after missing the first two L.A. games after the Denver game. Uh, They had lost 
to the Clippers and to the Lakers. And then this morning, got more bad news as Steven Adams, who everybody was expecting to come back. He had rear, I mean, he had, he was playing five on five in Los Angeles. And so it was like, that's right around the corner. And instead, the booby prize news, which was he's getting stem cell injections, reevaluated four weeks. And I don't know how many times we've talked about this, Kevin. Anytime I see reevaluate, I. Not good. No. Reevaluate. Like, bad sign. I, I want a timeline. I don't need a timeline to reevaluate. We talked about this with the LeBron injury, where it was like, we'll reevaluate. That just means. Don't anybody ask about this for the next three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever the injury is. We'll we'll talk about it again in three or four weeks. And so that really is the end of the regular season. So I didn't know what to expect, but then the Grizzlies had a monster effort. Uh, 77 points in the first half, end up running out on them in the second half and end up winning the game by... 20, the road woes. It was a strange game, man. Like yeah. back and forth, run after run after run. You know, Warriors cut it to five, then Warriors balloon it back up to 15. Warriors cut it to four. Like it's just really a strange, strange game. Yet it never felt like the Warriors were totally actually in it, though. Yeah, you know, they were... I don't... I don't know. There's no explaining how bad they are on the road. It's oh incomprehensible. Chris, they're 7-26 and 26 now. I mean, if they ran the table, Kevin, they ran the table. So what's that? So that's at, uh, that puts it at 33. So you play 41. They did, if they went 8-0 and zero, the yeah. rest of the way, that would get them to 15 road wins. Well, and that's like the tough part for them is, I mean, they have Bucks on Saturday, Suns on Monday. And then they have a five-game road trip at Clippers, Hawks, Grizzlies, Rockets, Mavericks. And then they have some home games. And then three out of their last four games are on the road at Denver, at Kings, at Blazers. So, you know, oh, they, have, wow. they, have, they have some winnable ones in there. They right? do. The, game, the games they should win on paper. But the fact is, is they have been horrible all year long, regardless of the team that they've put out there on the floor. They've just lost three games in a row on their road trip. They lost all three, Lakers, Thunder, and Grizzlies. It hasn't mattered. They've had Steph, and they've still lost these three in a row. Like I think for, if you're the Warriors fan right now, you feel like the odds are you still make the postseason. You're currently in the sixth slot, but you're only two and a half up on the Blazers and the Thunder in that 12 and 13 spot. Like there's still a chance the Warriors actually missed the playoffs here. It's fair to say, Kev, that they've either with what you just outlined, they've either got to figure out how to win some road games or they are going to be falling down these standings. There's no two ways about it. You've either got to figure out a way to do something that you haven't done so far because 7 and 26, I mean you're losing you're losing one out of every four games that you play on the road. Or, or I mean, I'm sorry, you're only winning one out of every four games th- that you're playing. One out of every five, actually. It's crazy to think about what they what they've gone through this year with their road struggles and then what you just outlined, because you're not going to sweep the board completely on all your home games. Now you're not going to lose all of those road games, right? You mentioned Houston. There's a couple others in there, but 
They could be with under em- 500 by like the road trip beginning with Bucks and Suns coming up. Like Katie's out Monday. You know, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, those are two losable games still. Everybody's scuffling. Everybody's now, you know, playing this thing out for the most part. You know, you're you're only looking if you get a Detroit or a Houston. There, there's not that many free wins, is what I'm saying. There's not that mm-hmm. many free wins uh, for any of these teams. Most of them are playing this deal out. And so, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to make of it because you would figure with all of the with all the interest generated in this matchup, as much as the both teams have talked about it, and then, let's be fair, they're playing a team without Morant, without Adams. They had just lost Brandon Clark to an Achilles. Like, this is not a game that the Warriors should be losing by 20 points on the road. That's crazy. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm like, what the hell? I mean, look, dude, like I think with Golden State, you know, Tuesday show, I said, I feel like if they're healthy, they still have the championship ingredients, you know? Like, well, then Andrew Wiggins has been out for a long time now, their second best player. Um, Gary Payton, they trade for him, you know, an ace defender, you know, great fit on their offense. He's out. Jonathan Kaminga slips and falls and gets hurt before today's game. He's been really good for them. Now he's out. They have no size, no depth. I mean, some of the lineups they put out there tonight were like absolutely comical. It's just like feels like a team that is they totally dusted incomplete. off Iguodala. Yeah, they dusted off Iggy and like Jordan Poole is turning the ball over every other possession. It just doesn't feel like a team that is anywhere near complete because they aren't. Like they are missing guys. They are. Yeah. Uh, right, like I think, I think if they get all their, but that's guys, not an excuse are, for something like this. No, and that, and those are big ifs too. That you get all those guys back, we really don't know with Wiggins. We don't know. So I was told that it's a family thing. That he's out, and then somebody told me yesterday that he's been in Minnesota the whole time. So it's like something yes. serious. Yeah, yeah, that, that he's been dealing that is with. True. Yep. That yeah, has they, been the, reported. The team, out the team there. did announce he's out for an undisclosed family matter. That's what yeah. they said. And that he is that, and he's not even like in town. Like he's he's been in Minnesota for virtually the whole time. So something's going on. And he, again, there's no timeline, right? You don't know. And by the way, also Anthony Lamb, he he's his two way deal is up now, and they haven't converted him yet. They like I feel like tonight would have been a game they could have used Anthony yeah. Lamb. Well, they could have used something, Kevin. They could have used something because they were getting bombed out. 77 is an extreme number and a half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's what the Grizzlies had in the first half. And also, they played more like the Warriors with the 32 assists and the low turnovers and kind of doing it as a collective. Like, that's what we always just got used to with Golden State. He's turned himself into a great player. You know, really good rotation player. Get off the bench and bet the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers 10 times your first bet and bonus bets. It doesn't even matter if your first bet is an air ball. You'll still get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. With FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to which player is going to score first, all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. On Friday night, my favorite bet is the Lakers minus one over the Raptors. D'Angelo Russell coming back. Number one defensive rating in the league since the trade deadline. 
Feels like a very winnable game for the Lakers, giving only one point to Toronto. So don't miss out by signing up at FanDuel.com slash mismatch to get in on the action. That's FanDuel.com slash mismatch. Then place your first bet to score up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Louisiana, call one 1- 877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In New York, text HOPE NEW YORK. In Wyoming, visit 1-800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. As you were mentioning, with all of these teams, we could talk about who's not playing for them, and it does feel like that's going to be the race in these last, you know, 16 to 20 games is who can stay healthy and be equipped? Who could be most healthy going in to the playoffs? Because so many of them are just one injury away from being a radically different team. And that unfortunately hit Phoenix. Um, they lost Durant on just a, a bizarre turn of events. Not even for it to not even be happening in a game and to be happening in a layup line where everybody's just kind of going through the motions and getting warm for the game, twist his ankle badly enough that he's out multiple weeks. And they even used the re-evaluated word um, when they put the three-week timeline on it. And as you said, you know, you you mentioned in passing, it, the damn same thing happened in warm-ups tonight with Kaminga. A, a, a twisted ankle just the same. And that's two nights in a row it's one thing to be these guys to be getting hurt, you know, in the middle of games. We've had two twisted ankles in warmups going into these games. <laughs> this is uh, crazy. bad news for Phoenix, who lost some depth, obviously, with making the trade. I mean, they need, it goes without saying, they need healthy Kevin Durant um, by the time it comes playoff time. But, they also need him in these last 15 to 20 just to be able to hold on to a spot where they're not having to play the best of the best when it, you know, when it comes uh, or even hold on to, you know, not being in a play in. I know that sounds crazy, but everything is so tight that if you don't play good basketball, you can you could have a three game losing streak easy and then you're looking at a different whole set of problems in the standings. What do you make of Durant being out? How will they be able to, you know, stay afloat, be 500, a little over 500 without him, or are they dead without him? No, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they're they're four and two since the deadline without Kevin Durant, three and zero oh with him. Um, I mean, Devin Booker is still playing at an absurd level. Um, 
you know, but I think I think overall, like you're just going to lean on Booker more. You're going to lean on Aiton more, like you were prior to the deadline with the with the really impressive stretch that he was having. Um, and you know, other guys are going to have to step up. Chris Paul is going to have to have more good performances, like he did last night against the Thunder. Um, you know, you got Terrence Ross coming off the bench, a guy who went off for 24 points. You know, we talked about it on the Tuesday live show how many opportunities Wainwright got, Okogi got. Well, it was Terrence Ross on Wednesday night. And sometimes the ball is going to find that guy for a lot of open opportunities. So I think, obviously, like, no no duh. Like, you lose Kevin Durant, it hurts your team. Um, but I think the Phoenix Suns are going to be absolutely fine o- over the next two to three weeks without him. But they are only up three and a half on the play, and I don't see them falling that far. Um, they're three up on the five seed. Maybe they slip down one spot, but I, I'd expect them to maintain their spot at four. Uh, just you know, looking up at, at their upcoming schedule, it's not like for them they have like this extremely long road trip or, or anything like that. They have some difficult games because every team has difficult games, but I don't feel like their schedule uh, necessarily is is disadvantageous to them. Give me the you got it pulled up. Give me the next like just uh, what they're going to deal with right now. They got Kings at home, Warriors on the road, Bucks at home, Magic at home, then three-game road trip, Thunder, Lakers, Kings, and then Sixers at home. That sounds pretty tough to me, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, there's some tough They are not going to be sure. okay. So you With think Josh they Akoke lose a lot and of Ish Wainwright? They can win some of those. I mean, they, they like what do they have to do? Go 500 or slightly above 500? I think they can go 500. In those games? Yeah. I mean, they really lost. You're really counting on some. I mean, you watch that the Dallas game that just happened a couple days ago. You know, you see when they're playing somebody that's got some offensive firepower, and like you know, that was Durant and Booker in tandem going for seventy something points together. I mean, Durant's as good as it gets, but I mean, you don't have not much depth. You're counting a lot on DeAndre Ayton to put up real scoring numbers for you too. I mean they can win that Warriors game, Magic, Thunder. That Warriors? Yeah. Monday night. I mean, that's just sure. not, look, the Warriors as terrible as they've been on the road. They have they've been, been awesome at, at home. home. <laughs> yeah. They've been great at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they could fall back a little bit. Um but and, that also but that, what I'm saying is is like that also means the Clippers and the Warriors or the Wolves or the Mavericks need to be winning. Yeah. So, like, two things need to happen. The Suns might, they might go slightly below 500, but that also means that the Clippers need to go much better than above 500. The Warriors need to be much better than above 500. So I think, I, I just don't know if those two things will both happen. The Mavericks are sliding. That's fair. They're one, of, they're one of the worst teams in the last 10 games. The Wolves have been about average. The Warriors have been average. The Clippers have been average. I, I don't know if... I mean, really, the only team like they're you too might far be right. Back. They might have to completely fall yes, on their face for sure, which maybe like you never know. Things could like that could happen. I just don't see that totally happening. Whereas, like the Lakers right now, they're five back. They have the number one defense in the NBA since the trade deadline. But five is too much. Like you're mm. not getting all the way up to four. The Lakers, their hope is getting to to five, not to four. Fair to say they have to have him back for the playoffs. Oh, and totally. then if you do, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, if yeah. you do get him back, it's kind of a regardless of seed. But that's a, it's it's hanging out there. We don't know, you know. In three weeks puts it right at 
you know, towards the end of the regular season. And so what you're hoping is that you've got him available for the postseason. Yeah, dude. Kinda, if you do, crazy. you're a dangerous, mm-hmm. possible not home court advantage team. I mean, let, let's say it is three weeks, which would mean he comes back the 31st against Denver. That would leave only six games remaining in the season. And that should be comes back then. Yes, and that includes a back-to-back. So theoretically, he could only have eight or nine games with the Suns before the playoffs begin. Which and is he just got wild. back from the knee. Yeah, and he was amazing right away. So like that's the encouraging thing where he looked like Kevin Durant right away. Still dominant force overall on both ends. He looked like an MVP candidate just like he was prior to the injury in January with the Nets. Right, like he was, he was top five on my MVP ballot at that time. He got injured. He looked like that same guy when he returned. So, I mean, I I think with Kevin Durant, he's one of the unique players who can come back and, and fit himself. But I do wonder how much other guys are affected with chemistry. Like it does take others time to adjust to him. I'm sure, but it, I don't know. It did look seamless. But then again, it was the Hornets, Bulls, and Mavs. So. Not well, like I mean, it's going to be a little different defenses. when 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 somebody runs to a Devin Booker and he's throwing it, a, you know, down to Josh Okogie, as you said. Yeah, yeah, and and the three teams they face: Hornets, Bulls, and Mavs. Those aren't exactly the type of defenses you're going to be facing in April, May, and June. You don't think? <laughs> well, maybe the, the <laughs> Mavs have to hold on. Because they are well, like, well, wait a minute. No, maybe the Hornets, though. The Hornets defense is like sixth in the league since early February or late January. But like the, <laughs> that has something to do with Mark Williams finally getting playing time for Charlotte. He's been so great since Clifford pulled him out of his uh, doghouse, his big red, Clifford's big red doghouse. Just I mean, like it's also, Obama. it's also, <laughs> we're going to be, yeah, Mark Williams. Also, to be fair, nobody gives a shit about playing the 100%. Hornets. 100%. That's the other factor. <laughs> that's Teams their, take the that's Hornets That's the biggest lightly, factor. And they still whoop their ass. So. <laughs> yeah, nobody. <laughs> like, I don't care what their defensive stats are. <laughs> I know. That is, the, the night before, as a player once told me, uh, if you're playing the Hornets the night before, you say, uh, table for eight, and you got a VIP table the night before. Like, nobody's. Yeah, nobody cares about that game. Yeah, Especially, the, maybe it's since the Lamelo injury they've really ramped up. Ma- the defense. Mark Williams I mean, is nice though. He I is love Mark nice. Williams. Yeah, love Mark Williams. Return to the big. Him and Walker Kessler have been some revelations. Mm-hmm. You know, as uh, as guys that have had like real impact. So you mentioned in passing the Mavs. He had that scare for Luca. I'm going to see them on Saturday. Um, his MRI came back clean, but they're down to eighth now, Kevin. Yeah, a little free fall going on with Dallas. They're three and seven in their last 10 games. You know, you've had some of these games where you've gotten some big dual scoring output games, which is what you would expect from Luca and Kyrie, but defensively still pretty porous. And, you know, it really, it feels when I've watched them, like, I'm going to, I feel like they're one of those teams, and this happened to them last year and sometimes in the playoffs, where it's like, I'm going to be able to look at their three-point counter, and I'm going to be able to tell you what happened in that game, right? And the nights that they, you know, the Reggie Bullocks and the Tim Hardaways of the world are banging threes, they're spacing out the floor around Luka, 
and they're knocking down threes, they're going to have a chance to win games or win some games. And then the nights they don't, they it's going to look pitiful. Like, I, I feel like their variance is so enormous. And, man, I don't know. I mean, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and it's not like they've been without Luka for 10 games. So it's pretty ominous. And the Kyrie thing, while they have had some impressive outputs, uh, it's not been a honeymoon. Is that fair to say? No. No. Uh, I mean, also, you know, we've talked about it before. Christian Wood still hovering around 20 minutes per game yeah. after being up at 35, 36 minutes for a long while prior to the trade deadline. And he was one of their most important players. He, you know, he's not like some elite defender, but he provides more shot blocking and rim protection in size and length than Dwight Powell does. But that's the that's what they think, right? Like I'm sure that if you ask them, it's like we can't have those three on the court at the same time without giving up 150. But the truth is, you got to play. Oh, your you're best in players, the position. Yeah, you, well, you're in the position where you got to score 151. Yeah, well, that's another you reason. Like, I mean? Also. Like, Along those same lines, you should probably play Jaden Hardy more too. Every single time you give, like, even though he's just a rookie, even though he's going to make this mistakes on defense, you just got to play your best players, period. And they're not I, I doing look, that I'm with Christian you. Wood. They're not doing that with Hardy. Like, they've had weird minutes fluctuations for Josh Green. Uh, I, I just feel like, like they have some guys. Green should play over 30 minutes every single night. Wood should play over 30 minutes every night. And Hardy needs to find a way into that rotation to provide some scoring off the bench. I just, I feel like there's some ways for Kid to tweak the rotation to make it better than it's been. Look, they got a team right now. I agree with you. They've got a team right now, in my opinion. The only chance they got is shootouts. So what's your best chance? You're not stopping people anyway. So what's your best chance at a shootout? What you say. So what? You give up, you're going to give up a ton of points either way. Why don't you at least have another guy out there that could get you some buckets, like you were saying with Wood? You know what is for the, Hardy? Hardy too. Look, there, look. There's no defensive gr- downgrade that is severe as the offensive downgrade. That's what I would say, right? It's not, and it's not like you know you're having to make a decision to sit Dennis Rodman in order to play the guy. You know, I just think that that's you know it might be uncomfortable. But those are the kind of games you're going to have to win. That's exactly what the Phoenix game was. It's a damn shootout. That's what it is. And Luka got a shot at the end. To, you know, they, they could have won that game. So, I mean, you can see when they get into those type of games, they've got some super offensive firepower. And to your point, part of that offensive firepower doesn't even play all that much. But as another guy that could, you know, you're just going to have to, they're not they're not grinding anybody down and they're not winning low possession games anymore like they've got a they I would I would just say look let's run and gun as as much as we can I know Luca's going to control the pace anyway but at least let's play with some pace and we're going to try to outscore people it's not going to serve you well when it comes to playoff time but three out of their next five are against your Grizzlies you're going to see a lot of them this next week they have destroyed the Grizzlies Mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. That has been a horrendous matchup because for that very reason, and it'll be interesting to see what it looks like now, that will actually be a great litmus test because one of the things that caused the most problems and the reason they have been a uniquely horrendous matchup is that the Grizzlies don't want to play a ton of half-court basketball. 
and they can't speed him up. They can't speed up Doncic, and he is. They played this deliberate, slow. We run a play, you run a play, but they were also much more defensively formidable when they've given Memphis serious problems, and they've lost, you know, some of those guys um, that they've had, and so, you know, they 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 killed them earlier this year, but that was kind of a. It was the second half of a back-to-back. It was meat to the lion stuff. Well, it was also the second game of the season. I just yeah. scrolled up on the schedule and one thirty-seven ninety-six. Yeah, game it was two. It's early bath. on. Yeah, it was a bloodbath. But they have been a uniquely terrible matchup, and so that's gonna. It's gonna be fascinating to see how uh, how that plays out. I am gonna see them quite a bit. Um, you're gonna get to see them in person here. Because that'll be one of those games. The oh, yeah, 20th, that's right. right? On, the, on the 20th, yep. So At play, Memphis on the 20th. And they play twice before uh, before that one? Saturday on the 11th, so yes. two days from now, and then Monday the 13th. Wow. Yeah. That is a weird schedule, Quark, mm-hmm. to yeah, play and they, the same and they team that's a, a division team three times in a week. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like over a nine-day period, three games against the Grizz. They have they have trashed the Grizzlies. That has been the one. Like, in fact, if you would have asked me last year, I would have said that's the team I want to stay away from. I don't know what it is. They just can't beat that team. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like with the with the Kyrie. But they guess who else was awesome? Brunson was on that team. And it was noteworthy to me. You could go back and find these. Well, you could find Baines. You can't find Morantz because he's deactivated his account. But when Brunson signed, got signed by the Knicks and people were like talking about, wow, that's a lot for Brunson or whatever. Both of those guys, and I never see this, both of them came, went to Twitter to talk about how people don't understand how awesome that guy is. They don't get it. Both of them, both Desmond Bain and John Moran, as soon as that Brunson thing happened, because I perked up, I was like, wow. I mean, they they really went out of their way to talk about how much they respect that guy and how good they think he is. And they were right. In fairness, they were right. Game recognized game, right? Absolutely. But, you know, look, no Brunson and Kyrie instead. It's probably probably a little different world uh, this year. So we'll see. Um, they're three and seven in their last ten. They're down to eighth right now. And everybody's all jumbled up as we've talked about. Uh, another team, Pelicans are three and seven, um, in their last 10, they're right on that play in line. And I'm not bringing this up to mess with you. I'm bringing this up because the (laughs) Zion news came out. Okay. Zion news came out that they're like, he's not coming back for at least another two weeks. I think most people think like, all right, we're done getting hopes up, right? When he first heard it, it was like three weeks or then there was a setback. And now they say another two weeks. I mean, if you're just looking at it, Kev, another two weeks, I guess, where would they need to be for you to think it is worthwhile to bring him back? In the playoffs? I mean, top Solidly? Six. Yeah, I mean, Solid. I, I, I mean, I, I just, I don't think it's even going to happen. But if you're, uh, say, uh, 11. Like, uh, but like, I'm, not, I'm not even entertaining the thought that he will come back. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just like it's not until they say <laughs> something solid about him returning. I'm not. I'm. I'm operating as if he's out for the season. 
personally. That's non-sourced, nothing to do with sources or conversation. Just, I don't know why you would operate any other way. They did it a couple of years ago. They could have brought him back to push, and they didn't. They're going to play it extra, extra safe with Zion. So I, I just... I just don't think they're going to bring him back, or I'm not even thinking about it like that, Chris. I think they're just going to continue to free fall. I know they win the other night. It's puzzling to me. It is. It's puzzling to me that they're this bad, even without Zion. Because, look, everybody's lost guys. But he is. They played without Zion last year. I know, but he is so dominant. And also. Oh, come on. Yeah, the Lakers don't have LeBron James. There's, uh, I mean, the teams throughout the league, you just said you think yeah, that but the, the Lakers, Suns but the Lakers can have, hold down the fort without Kevin Durant. The, yeah, I but mean, the Lakers have Anthony Davis. They've the got Suns Brandon have, Ingram, C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, they yeah. got enough guys to not be shitty. They, they do have enough to not be shitty. I agree with you there. I mean, I think Pelicans fans would rightfully point to some of their gripes with Willie Green and the way he runs their offense some of his rotations with the guys he leans on and the guys that he doesn't. You know, like Dyson Daniels has become a sub-20 minutes per game guy when we've seen him lock down Luka over the course of the season and have so many impressive moments as a playmaker for them. Um, not that Dyson Daniels is going to change your fortunes, but it's just one, one example of some of the issues with their rotation. And that's not the problem either. I mean, I think C.J. McCollum, besides that game the other night against Dallas, he has not necessarily been, you know, a model of consistency or great efficiency at all this season. He's had spurts where he has been, but he's not like a 25, 28, 29 point per game scorer. He's like a 20 point per game guy for the most part, other than some stretches and and Brandon Ingram as well. I mean, like I love Ingram. I've loved Ingram since the Duke days. Like I had him one on my board. I said the Lakers shouldn't trade him for Kawhi, like some insane stuff right like with ingram he he as well i mean he's had some stinker performances as well and he also is not being the guy that he has been in the past defensively like it comes down to rotations individual player performance it's a whole collection of issues for the pelicans underneath the fact that one of the 10 most talented players in basketball is not active for them and i, I just wonder zion, zion a- like zion chris was so dominant, man. Like he was just starting to enter people's like MVP bubble. Not oh, like a guy who sure. can win it, but somebody who's like, huh, does he belong in the like fifth in the ballot? Like he was in that. Should I put him fifth? Like, oh, he was an all-star game end. starter, and it was not yes. even like it was not even a thought. And, and not because not only was he, you know, the his do- same dominant force on offense, he was better defensively too. Like he still wasn't great, some stopper. But he was at least, you know, passable. He wasn't, you know, a sieve out there. So I think with Zion, you, you can't underestimate that loss with, with like a player. I just wonder if they would, if they're in like, let's say, look, let's say they got right and just went on a streak. Let's say they went on a four or five game winning streak. They got Thunder, Blazers, Lakers, Rockets, Rockets, Spurs, Hornets. So, like, okay, so their, let's say, let's, let's say, say they you, win. Made a run. Five out of six of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, you're not that far. There. Look, Kev, th- there's three games separating fifth through 13th. Yes, exactly. Okay? You're right. So I'm you're one you. run away. And what I'm saying is, at what point you say top six? Like, I'm saying if you got a week left in the season and he can come back. Because you're really looking at it. Then you bring him back. You, a week you, or then two. You, 
then you bring him back because of the fact that you don't know what his long-term durability is going to be. It's like the reason why you held him back in the past was to be overprotective. I think the reason why you would bring him back if they do get right, if they do go on a run, is because you're going to take advantage of the opportunity that's presented for yourself. So and even if they're seventh or eighth, you would say, bring him back anyway. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I think to play could, in. Yeah, why not? Like, if you if you can get, if you get the six or seven seed, who knows, man? Like, you could, we don't know what Jaws status is going to be. The Kings are in the playoffs for the first time. Like, you know, if you get that six seed or that seven seed, you never know what could happen in a series, especially with Zion back. And this is how insane it is, right? We're talking about them being on the brink of falling out of the play-in, given <laughs> yeah. their given their recent slide. On the other hand, you're a good week away. And to that point, look at, but by virtue of the Warriors losing tonight, the Lakers are a game and a half out of fifth. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Insane! Yeah. Two two games back from the Clippers, to be, to be clear, at the fifth. One and a half from the sixth okay. with the Warriors. Okay, so yeah. they're two back from Clips. Yeah, one and a half from the Warriors, which is absolutely wild. It's unbelievable. Wild. Yeah. I mean, they could be out of... It's not crazy to envision a scenario where they're not in the (laughs) play-in. After all this? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, it's just... It's unbelievable, truly. Davis has been amazing. Absolutely incredible. Amazing. Like, Unbelievable. He's carrying them. Yeah. And you they see him all like beat up the other night. Yeah. After I the mean, game. I mean, this guy, oh, look, the Grizzlies when they when that that game, they played them uh when he went out in the second quarter, that's when the Grizzlies like got back into it, kind of flipped the game and played really well. And as soon as he came back in, I mean, you want to talk about being able to expose being small. Because this guy is just playing volleyball off the rim. I mean, you could have, he could have, he could have gotten, he could have, it's like playing against a child against like when he's out there against like somebody like Tillman, who's like six, six, <laughs> right? The guy could have just kept throwing it up against the backboard and getting it every time. Um, he has been great. He's been great for them. And you know who impressed me the other night was Brown. Yeah, Troy what Brown's a, a good player. Good what a weird piece. deal, right? Got drafted. Yeah. Like, that's another one of those, like, that's, that House would bitch about another Wizards miss, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's drafted so terribly. And it's like, you got, what was he, like 15th or something in the draft? I yeah, think. 15th and then of the Wizards in 2018. Had that stop in Chicago and, you know, he shows back up and I don't know. I thought he was ferocious. The other night, and obviously he hit a dagger three to end the game, dunked on Conchar. Like, he had some moments where I was like, geez, is this guy good? He's found a role. I mean, like, the, yeah. what was what was nice about him coming out of Oregon was the fact he's a six-foot-seven wing who, you know, ran some point for that team. Like, he was a good passer, a smart, high-IQ guy, like cutter, movement off ball, and that's what, kind of works with the Lakers right now. He's just a connective glue within their half-court offense, and he's been really competitive on defense, too, so it's working. Like I feel like the Lakers have found a good collection of supporting pieces. Austin Reeves, Troy Brown, Beasley, 
Like they they have Vando. like Bando Vanderbilt obviously amazing. We've talked about him a bunch. Hachimura really good the other night against Memphis as well. He's been up and down. Hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of downs, but he can have those nights for you where he's potent offensively. Oh, they, and they, Kev, most importantly, when we're talking about them maybe making a run, they get Russell back tomorrow. As we record yeah, this on Thursday night, D'Angelo Russell's coming back. I mean, that's a guy that you're talking in most nights is a guy that's going to be your second leading scorer more likely than not. Right? You got Dave, yeah. Davis. Davis is the guy that, you know, we're talking pecking order. Davis is the guy. And then kind of everybody, when you say one thing about the whole role thing that I think when you were talking about this, it's really smart because it's one thing to be role guys and add a bunch. It's another to have a bunch of role guys that are willing to be role guys. They ain't going out there trying to shoot it 20 times. They know their role within the context of the team. And so the guys that are open or the guy, some night it might be this guy, some night it might be Beasley, some night it might be Reeves, some night it might be this guy to have something. And, you know, if Russell could kind of make the whole thing go, um, because he's clearly like way better than Schroeder. You know, he was great at the end of Minnesota. Yeah, that's where they need help is offense. You know, I mentioned earlier how they have the number one defensive rating since the deadline. They also have the 23rd ranked offense. Right. So with D'Lo, if he can, you know, get them to average, you know, over this next three or so weeks without LeBron James and they continue to maintain their elite defense. I mean, like we've been rattling off some of the schedules some teams have. The Lakers have one of the easier ones. Yep. Toronto, New York, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Phoenix, OKC, Chicago twice. And then that's the three-week mark where LeBron could be come back, reevaluated, whatever it might be. Like there's a lot of lot lot of winnable games over the next three weeks for the Lakers. And I mean, D Lo like it, it's gonna be very interesting to see what he does for that half-court offense. That I feel I mean, I said it, Chris, like you know, you might chuckle at me. You know, people said people said at the time I published my post-deadline championship power rankings that it was for clicks that I put the Lakers at sixth. No, that was dead-ass serious that I put them there. I still think the Lakers are a, a serious championship threat as long as they get LeBron James back. And with D'Lo back, we're going to get a taste of what they could look like, again, as long as LeBron James can come back and stay healthy. Because right now, this has a, this is a team with an absolutely dominant defense, AD playing at a top five, top ten level, and a bunch of role players, as you said, who understand and embrace their roles and enhance the talents of their most important offensive players. So I think the Lakers right now are lurking in the title race, and it's all going to come down to whether LeBron James comes back. But the fact they're performing this well already without him and without D'Lo, that bodes well for them moving forward. Well, and it's guys that have won. I mean, you think about where, where we're looking at at the bottom of those, you know, whoever's going to end up, you know, six, seven, eight. Eight's probably getting thrown to the Wolves against Denver. But we don't know what's going to go on with Phoenix while they're without Durant. And Memphis and Sacramento are obviously susceptible. They're not teams that have been in like multiple uh, for Sacramento this is their first time doing this in damn near 20 years okay and so if you're if you're running up against the Clippers or a Lakers or a Warriors 
Like, you're running up against a bunch of... Same thing with Memphis. You're running up against a bunch of guys on those teams that have got a lot of playoff experience. A lot of playoff experience. It'd be fascinating to see with the way this plays out because what you're going to find is there's going to be a lot of people that are picking the lower seeds in the Western Conference to win. <laughs> Though they have yeah. not showed us it. And, and we're going to find out how truly devalued the regular season is, you know, if this matters, because everybody's got this belief of teams being something they have not shown us to be this particular season. And yet, whether it's Denver, whether it's Memphis, whether it's Sacramento, who knows, as we said, there's a question mark next to Phoenix right now. Like, there's going to be, I think if I threw them in a pot, there's going to be a lot more people that want to ride with the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors, though they yeah. have not shown to be anything other than decidedly average all year. You'll see more pundits and podcasters and writers picking upsets than yeah, yeah. ever in history. Ever, ever yeah. right? I, I think you will see that, and I don't think it's necessarily incorrect. It's going to depend Including a lot. Including, Kev, the number one seed. If the I tell exactly. you the Warriors get eight, are you oh, picking that, the Warriors that, or the Nuggets? Well, in that case, you know, I'm sweating if I'm Denver because the, the types of teams that are going to beat them are the teams that can run a ton of, you know, high pick and roll or have a shooter on the outside, you know, like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, those pull-up shooter types that can attack Jokic. Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't pick the Clippers over the Nuggets, but I, I you know. They're they're at least one of the teams that fall. But into that to your category point of like, about. hey, I can we can guys, run this yeah. high pick and roll, and a guy can hit an elbow jumper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Lakers Lakers are the the interesting matchup there for the Nuggets. We haven't seen a lot of AD against Jokic in recent mm -hmm. seasons. Lakers against Grizzlies. We haven't seen a lot of AD either. versus anything in recent no. seasons. You know, it would be cool is if we got Lakers Kings in the first round. No. Uh, those poor kids. You don't want to see the replays of them getting robbed. Well, I mean, <laughs> it would just be like a cool full circle way for the Kings to get back into the playoffs. If they lose the series, obviously it's heartbreaking. But if they win the series and beat the Lakers who just climbed back into the playoffs, would there be anything sweeter for a Kings fan than to beat the Lakers in the first round? I know that it comes with great risk. You'd be terrified. You see the highlights and all that. But is there anything sweeter than that, Chris? Well, if you're and a the other fan? thing, and you've got those old clips of uh, you know whatever it is. I'm not scared of the Sacramento Queens. You know the old <laughs> isn't Shaq like part of their ownership group now too? <laughs> yeah. No, he's like part of the Kings, isn't yeah, he? I think so. Unless he sold his stake. And that's his that and that's his famous quote from back long ago. Oh, uh, he sold his stake last January. So oh, January he did. 22, Shaquille O'Neal officially sells his stake in Sacramento Kings. And then they away started winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all we need now is for Michael Jordan to sell the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got to start using Apple Cash. All right. Why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. Okay. So I can pay you in convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have the money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Hmm, that's actually kind of nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff at like 
a store with Apple Pay. Oh, so I don't have to do all the bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. It's easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Standings watch, uh, hottest teams still Bucks and Knicks. They've won nine of ten. In, but in fact, the aforementioned, as we're recording this, the Kings are stomping the Knicks tonight in, uh, in Sacramento. Uh, they are up by 18 in the third quarter. I don't know how that'll end up playing out, but it's worth noting right now because the Kings doing that to one of the hottest teams in the league. The only teams that have won nine of ten are the Bucks and the Knicks. Bucks got a win tonight against the Nets. And how about uh wait, Chris, how about um Monday night recording for the mismatch? You know, we're talking with Sean Fennessy about is it sustainable the for the Knicks, but then they lose to Charlotte on Tuesday. What if and he's now the curse? Yeah. By the Kings. Did he just curse him? I don't know. The fantasy curse? Maybe. He started talking know. about them winning I'm, the title. I'm not, I'm not sure you could say it's a fantasy curse. It's just the Knicks, dude. It's just who they are. It is who they are. Yeah, but the, to be fair, though, you know, the Kings are tough. Beginning of a tough road trip here. I told you they, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the Knicks are down in that game, but they've been hot. The Bucks kept on winning. Um, they got a little scare from Brooklyn, but ended up winning tonight. And no Giannis. And Bobby Portis slips into Giannis's spot. And goes 11 for 15 from the field, 28 points, 13 rebounds. Bobby Portis, um, I don't know, what's his game number? 54. I mean, that's a guy that would be right there for in an open six-man-of-the-year competition. He would be solidly in the mix. Bobby Portis has been great for them this year. Great. And total fan favorite. Um. And got a start tonight. Look what he did. Guy puts up Giannis numbers for him. It's crazy. He's been fantastic. So right now on FanDuel, he's fourth on six man of the year odds. Quickly, minus 140. Malcolm Brogdon, plus 110. Norman Powell, plus 3,600. Bobby Portis, plus 5,000. Still got Russell Westbrook on the board. At when we talked about this what a couple you... weeks ago, Quickly wasn't even on the board. I know. Was like, they, like He was kind of hiding in plain sight. It's all who gets hot, right? I know. And and Brogdon, like his team is not doing so hot lately. Um, and so he's kind of been the standby throughout the year. Ford is probably, I mean, he's I mean, he's at 54 games right now. So he'll be able to have enough, but Portis, he's been great for them. And obviously got the start tonight. And then on the other side, the only other one in the Western Conference, the only team that's won even eight of ten is is Denver. And they've just kept on rocking. But they're one of those that I'm not sure, you know, when we were talking about looking at this and where teams land playoff-wise, there's still people that would pick against even Denver, as great as their season's been. If they were to draw 
a Golden State, if they were to draw a Lakers, there would be people out there thinking that they're, you know. Uh, uh, do you think they're disrespected? No. For as good a season as they've no. had? It seems all no. Jokic, Jokic, no. Jokic. They're, they're not disrespected at all, Chris. I mean, the fact is, is that, you know, all this over-the-top MVP debate in recent weeks. Uh, forget all that. that. I'm talking know, about but as but a I'm team. Just, but I'm, but I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, this over-the-top, you know, MVP talk, one of the little seeds in it that people talk about is, well, Jokic needs to prove it in the playoffs. You know, like, you, you know, you have some people saying, nobody's saying he needs to win a championship to prove it. Yes, he does. Yes, <laughs> he does. Just like any other megastar, any other MVP, regardless of sport, Peyton Manning, Alex Rodriguez. That's what solidifies you. That's the Giannis had to at one point. Now Jokic does. Yes, he does. And one of the things that he needs to prove is, we see the other night the Raptors, they, they lose the game to the Nuggets, but they're getting to the rim at will. Against the Bulls on Wednesday, the Bulls announcer during the game. You could be watching the game. He's like, wow, really getting to the basket with ease tonight. And it's like, yeah, you were. Everybody was cutting up the Nuggets and attacking Jokic. So that's going to be the thing. Can Jokic prove it in the postseason when now Michael Porter Jr. is healthy? Jamal Murray's healthy. He has the best supporting cast of his career. Aaron Gordon playing at an all-star level. I still think he should have made the team. He did not, but an all-star caliber player. Bruce Brown coming off the bench. Jeff Green playing some good minutes for them off the bench. Like, they have Contavious Caldwell, Pope, one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. They have a championship caliber roster around Jokic. This is the ideal roster that you could build around Jokic, aside from getting, like, Kevin Durant. Right. Besides having a player oh, like I, that, I, I, look, like I, I guess, I maybe disrespect is a bad word. I just feel like, and again, it's one of those like nobody cares until you've done it, and so maybe that's why. But I feel like people don't talk. They are so far and away ahead of. I mean, they're they're the they're the one that's not in peril of anything. Everybody yeah, else got to worry they about the awesome standings. Team. They do. They got a great team from Memphis on down. Everybody's got to think about where they are in these standings, all the way down to 13. But they are far and away, but I don't think that anybody feels like they are far and away like the favorite. Because they could be the new Utah Jazz, where they are regular season monsters and then playoff uh, failures. And so I think that's with Denver where, yes, this is a prove-it year for Jokic, regardless of whether he three-peats his MVP. Because their biggest that. hit was the bubble. Yes, they're exactly That's, their biggest hit was the bubble, and and they still fell short there. And now Jokic is an even better player than he was then, and the surrounding roster is far superior. When in fairness, that, point. that was when we look back at that, it's it's now looked back as look at their playoff run. At the time, it was that's the biggest freaking gag I've ever seen in my life from the Clippers. Oh, I yeah. mean that was <laughs> just vomiting all over themselves. For three straight games. They're up 3-1. I mean, they were about to get run out. Doc Rivers was the coach. <laughs> Seen a lot of those over the years with them. And that's the same reason why it's a little hard to take the Sixers seriously when we've seen Doc Rivers vomit all over himself. Celtics, Clippers, Sixers. Yeah, but at least matter. like one of his best players is Harden. So, I mean. He's got he's got a guy that you can count on when it matters most. 
Uh, some quick I'm not, hits gonna, we I'm not get even going to entertain the Harden debate tonight. <laughs> some quick hits <laughs> we got to get to. Uh, the Van Vliet presser. Oh, boy. I can't remember a time where a player went directly at not the officials tonight, not the rats, like call an official by name, Ben Taylor. And talk about how effing terrible he thinks he is. Uh, the guy, now, the news has come down tonight. He's gotten fined 30 grand. Kevin, if there was ever a $30,000 rant, I think uh, I think that was it. I don't know what the fine should have been, but, and I don't know, Van Vliet's hopefully going to get a $100 million in the offseason. That's why he, you know, changed agents and everything. Uh, so he, 30 grand is probably not as big a deal to him as it is to others. But <laughs> damn, man, if there was ever, if there was ever a $30,000 rant, it is calling a individual official by name and just napalming the guy. It was so good. So good. I loved it. Very I much. Uh, I very much loved it. I, I think a lot of players across the league, coaches, executives, were all very happy to see a player directly call out an official and hold them accountable publicly, which so ver very rarely ever happens, especially not to the extreme level that Van Vliet did it. So I think for him, $30,000 well spent. Well, and it did feel personal. Mm. Five of eight technicals he's received have been from Ben Taylor, so he feels a certain kind of way against him right now. Oh my god. I mean, you never know, you know, and, and it'll be now, now I want to I want to see the next Toronto game that Ben Taylor officiates. <laughs> you know what I mean? This usually goes the wrong way for the guy. Yeah. Usually the refs are not like, "Oh, well, now I've been called out publicly. Now I'm going to pussyfoot around this and not call as much as I used to or try to play nice or whatever." Usually it's like, F them. Do that to me. I'll show you. And then the guy loses his mind again. I mean, I I told you years ago, this happened. I was at a game like this. And Dave Yeager, who's now an assistant for the Philadelphia 76ers, he and Mark Davis, I mean, hated each other with the fires of seven hells. Hated them. Okay? So one night I go into the arena, and one of our broadcasters is like, hey, like, oh my God, did you see? We've got Davis. And I was like, look, you got, you got to stop all this. Like, it's it, 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 like, we can't, like, every time it's not the refs. It's not the refs. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, Davis, there's smoke there now. Like, because he's called him out, whatever. And I was like, like, look, these refs are not out to get the Grizzlies. They don't think about them that much. Okay. He's like, I promise you. This is Rob Fisher, our, our, our sideline reporter. He goes, you will see something tonight you have never seen in your life. I was like, whatever, dude. So I go and I sit in my media seat. And at that time, I'm sitting on the scorer's table. Game's about to start. And uh, Mark Davis walks over and he goes, and puts up the tech sign. Delay a game, Memphis late to the tip. And I looked down and I went, oh, my God. And he's like, I told you, I told you. And they 
hated each other. Like, it got to the point where they were, like, putting together, like, clips of games and sending it in, and that just made Mark Davis matter. And so that's what I, I would just warn Fred Van Vliet. These guys got egos now, and you know everybody in Ben Taylor's life was calling his phone this morning. Like, bro! <laughs> I, it seems like such a weird guy to hate, Fred Van Vliet. Why do Fred Van Vliet and this guy have a problem? Have you ever, I've never even thought of Fred Bailey having a, like Draymond, I get it. Chris Paul, I get it. Doc Rivers, I get it. All I remember about Van Fleet is during the 2019 finals when my suitcase and his suitcase got mixed up and I had to bring it to his hotel and switch them. Nah, you should have kept that one. (laughs) He's got way better drip than you. (laughs) You guys are probably around the same height. You're a little taller, maybe. Yeah, no, he's a little, I think he's, Fred Van Fleet's like 6'1". What? I'm, 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 I don't care what they list him. He's tiny. Let's find out. He's, he's not, listed at he's listed at six one. Okay, let's let's actually check this. He ain't six one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go, oh, you're gonna go look at like combine numbers or something? Exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. I love right it now. when they list the when they when they list the guy, yep. and then they uh, and then you could go back and look. No, nah, it's and 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 we can't do the whole. He he wasn't nineteen when he came in the damn league, so he hadn't grown. He hasn't grown since then. So he like sometimes you could go back and look at those, and you could say, yeah, but whatever he measured at the combine, he's grown a bunch since then. I'm gonna guess that Fred Van Vliet hasn't jo- grown an inch since he's been hell. He's thirty when he came into the NBA, playing at Wichita State before I had kids. If I remember correctly, I wouldn't have gotten measured at, either. I'm not so sure he was at the NBA draft combine. Oh, he's he undrafted. got the invite. Yeah, because he, he was undrafted. I don't think he got the combine invite. If I'm smart, no, smart, no. or maybe he did and said, "I ain't going to that crap. You ain't measuring me." <laughs> anyway, I'll feet, see y'all in one. Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, he was a snub at the combine. Yeah, he didn't yeah. make it. Unbelievable. Um, all right. Uh, speaking speaking of trash talk, Chris, some yeah. something new tonight. Um, Dylan Brooks, after the game, he said, "I know I'm a better player than Draymond Green." And he <laughs> said it was also a, a low blow for Draymond Green to try to pit his his teammates against him. And he said, Dr- Dylan Brooks said, "I ain't out there getting into physical altercations with my teammates." Sheesh! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and and Draymond said, like, Warriors-Grizzlies is not a rivalry. You know, winning games in March doesn't mean anything. You get a then win Then he needs games. to go talk to Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson called it a rivalry. I know. It's a rivalry. It's totally a rivalry, I think. But, uh, Dylan Brooks should have brought up that, hey, you had a chance to make the playoffs two years ago, and with the game on the line, you went and chucked it against the backboard, and if it wouldn't have hit the backboard, <laughs> it would have killed a fan. That's how reckless <laughs> your shot was when it mattered most. And he got done in by Xavier Tillman and Grayson Allen. Draymond says rivalries are created by, by you and I win. Clearly, we've won four times, and their organization has zero championships, so I can't consider that a rivalry. Any, anybody can win in March. Anybody can win in March. What that mean? I have a hard time getting out of bed in March. What's a game in March mean? No, that, so Draymond, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, so, yeah. I don't know. If I you want saw th- them. I want Grizzlies Warriors oh. first round. I want Kings Lakers first round. Did you That's see the walk off? Yeah, on the walk off tonight, 
He said he needs to just keep on podcasting or blogging or whatever he does. <laughs> yeah. He keeps calling everybody a blogger. That's, That's so what, funny. <laughs> Dylan, Brooks also, called, Dan, a, Dylan Brooks is now called Shannon Sharp and Draymond Green bloggers. I'm, I'm a Dylan Brooks hater, um, but you got to give him credit where it's due for some of his defensive possessions tonight. You know, oh, just fantastic. Absolutely, yeah, he was unbelievable. Got to give him credit. He is an outstanding perimeter defender. He is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he's at his best, I mean, yeah. he's, he's If he awesome. took eight shots a game, people would think he's awesome. Yeah. The problem is. He, he could do more with less. You just saw that Laker game. He went five for 17. What are you, yep. what are you doing taking That's 17 shots? When That's we just talked about the Lakers and understanding where you are in the pecking order and what's a good shot and what's not a good shot. Yep. You know? A um, couple other things to quick hit. Lonzo Ball. God, this is the saddest thing. It's terrible. This is this. You know, I I live this. It's it's bad to bring up, but I actually saw him talking about this um, about a week ago. The Lonzo stuff. I I lived this with Chandler Parsons in Memphis. When you keep on getting, yeah, you know, like sometimes a, a, the not figuring out what's wrong. Uh, at first, and there being kind of a mystery to it, and then getting something fixed, but then it not fixing it. So you have to fix something else. And then you have to, this is going to be the third surgery, bro. The third. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to start considering that we may have seen the, the, certainly the last of him as a big time player in the league or a real player in the league. Uh, man, you know, I know that Ingram and Zion were effusive in their praise and really wanted to keep him, but what a bullet they dodged in New Orleans with this because this has just now gotten sad. I think they might have known something. Yeah. This has just gotten sad. I know. Truly. It's terrible. I mean, because where it's like, you know, that it, it never came to fruition. And when it it's was, horrible. when it was good, Man, it was good for the, that the beginning of last year with him and 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 with uh, uh, DeRozan and with Levine kind of flanking him. He kind of made that work, and you know they just never were able to all stay together healthy. But then they had Caruso coming off, and they had Butch, and they had, I mean they had they were on to something, maybe, but we'll never know. Yeah, I, I hope he can come back at some point, whether it's. A year from now, later this season, next season, or two years from now, or three years from now. Right Don't they now, say Lon it's third on the same knee. Yeah, I know. He's only twenty five years old, though. You know, you hope it. You hope at twenty eight years old, Lonzo's getting rotation minutes, even if he's playing eighteen twenty minutes per game, Sean Livingston style. After all the injuries that Livingston had earlier in his career, you hope Lonzo can have moments like that because his story. I mean, think about the guy he was when he gets drafted number two by the Lakers, you know, the guy with the funky jump shot with the loud father and all the fanfare around him, but he managed to turn himself into a really good shooter, you know, 40% from three last year in Chicago, 37% with the Pelicans over 70% from the free throw line, an awesome defensive player, not a, not like a all-star all NBA guy. Like you hope to get with the number two pick, but just a good ass, winning player 
And like you said, what he was doing for the Bulls was that connective glue. Just such an important piece for them. I just hope he can come back and and be a contributor in a winning environment someday. Because I, I love to watch Lonzo and the guy that he turned himself into through hard work and you know open mindedness to change his funky form to into you know the efficient shot that it was. He be, he turned himself into a great player. It sucks. It uh, it sucks, and it just now getting cut on again at this age. Um, it's crazy. You never know the way things are going to shake out, man. It was years ago now where I was, uh, the game was in Memphis. I saw Kentucky with uh, Fox and Adebayo and Monk play against UCLA in the NCAA tournament, and that was the big showdown between the two point guards that everybody liked, and Fox just absolutely destroyed him. It's one of the most unbelievable performances I have seen in person from a college athlete. Um, And now you fast forward all those years later, and how many times have we kind of probably gone back and forth? You know, if we would have done a snapshot even a year ago, there would have been a lot of people that said, "Ah, I think I'd want Lonzo with the way he was playing with the Bulls and the Bulls are the number Mm -hmm. one seed and whatever. And now... You fast forward another year, and it's like one guy we may not see again, or it certainly looks ominous, and the other is all NBA caliber, most clutch player in the NBA, leading a team to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. It's crazy. It's crazy, the trajectory of these careers. I know. You know? I know. It's, uh, it it sucks. I mean, I just hope Lonzo can come back. Me Three too. surgeries on one knee, man. That's that's scary. Scary. Yeah. Because you're not figuring out what's wrong with it. It's not responding. Mm-mm. And so it feels degenerative at that point. Uh, but here's hoping medical science is better than it's ever been. So here's hoping. Only 25 years old, you know? He's, he's got a chance, right? If he can get it right and within yep. four years, like that's a long time, he won't even be 30 yet, right? Won't be 30 years old. I, the Livingston thing is interesting, too. Same kind of deal. Just catastrophic injury at the beginning of his career. Drafted in the top five and did not have the career that he was supposed to have. But he ended up having a very good long career and he contributed to championships. Three championships. In a big way. Right. Yep. For sure. Right. Like he wasn't the 30 minute per game all star, you know, taking 10, 12, 15 shots per game and leading the team or the league in assists. He wasn't that. No, he was going to be Gilgis Alexander, honestly. Yeah, but but he was a critically important player to title teams, and that's what you hope for with Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz, right? Like, he's on his way to figuring out his role following the Livingston lane where you're the number one pick and you're not the guy that people expected you to be, but you're still a very important player for a young, rising team in the Magic, and maybe someday Markel will be that guy on a championship team, and maybe Lonzo Ball still will be, too. You know, it can go up and down, Throughout your career, I just hope Lonzo can get back. As he was, you know, like you said, those UCLA Kentucky games they played twice that year, and Fox was so amazing in that second one. Those are like you expect. Oh wow, these two top ten picks! I can't wait to watch them match up for years. They're dramatically different types of players, but both fun and and, and you know they bring joy to the court in their own way. Uh, I I just hope Lonzo can get back because I love watching that dude play basketball. He plays the type of style that I think 
anybody can enjoy with his playmaking as a passer, you know, in the open floor. And then on yep. defense, dude, flying around. I, I miss watching Lonzo Ball play. You and me too. Um, all right. I uh, do want to remind everybody that Memphis show is coming up on March 21st. Uh, very few tickets available. So if you want to get into that show, make sure you go grab those tickets. The link is going to be as part of the description of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to miss next Tuesday's show as I'm out of pocket, but I'll be back for a week from now. So, Kevin, you take care of the mismatch <laughs> for one show. Don't defame me. <laughs> <laughs> My, I might put uh, a ban, no Grizzlies talk on Tuesday's show. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Even though Grizzlies and Mavs play on Make Monday Make it night. all Pelicans. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> well, and, the, uh, the word, anything to do with the Grizzlies might be banned unless we get some news by then. You never know. You never know. Uh, and like thank- I said, Mavs and Grizzlies play that night. We might have no choice but to talk, Chris. Oh, geez. thanks to our executive producer, Jesse <laughs> Lopez, as always. Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Everybody have a great weekend.